0: Hey, good evening, Top Fans. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry with another clubhouse, another new guest in the clubhouse, and one that, you know, their favorite teams, plural, that's going to be fun to talk about. So, Nick, welcome to the Top Fan Rivalry Clubhouse. Thanks for being on for the first time. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Happy to be here.
0: Perfect, perfect. So I always like to ask this question, and you and I talked about it, you know, pregame to this. Who's your favorite team or teams?
1: Um. I have two favorite teams. They both reside in the American league and it's the Boston Red Sox and Seattle Mariners.
0: There you go. Well, at least they don't, uh, at least they don't reside in the same division, right? Yeah. Yeah. Although Seattle, if you would have told me at the beginning of this season, that Seattle was going to be a serious wild card contender, I'd say how, but all right. Okay. And they're looking really good this season. They're looking really good this season. So I, I, if- Bite my tongue. It's
1: strange when things start to come together, right? Yeah. And um I was right there with you. You know, I I I'm in this town and I see the headlines and stories about the team that that is being built and you're like, "Okay, but it's it's not going to click. Like it's not going to happen." Um right. we saw it for so long, right? The the roster was loaded with talent and it just never it never worked.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But,
1: you know, you still you still love the uh, personalities and the individual players. So,
0: hey, it's good when when teams like Seattle that weren't expected to get in or Baltimore. Baltimore's only three games out. How'd that happen? I have no idea. But Baltimore also just got rid of Trey Mancini today. So, I don't know that that that's awesome. But that's yeah, another podcast. Move. Why What's would that?
1: anybody send a good player to the Astros?
0: I. I don't know. And and Trey Mancini is a, not only a good player, but he's just a good dude. Yeah, Just a good dude. So, all right. So you told me your two favorite teams. Give me some experience that got you there because that that's random. You don't just flip a point and say, okay, Seattle, okay, Boston. How did we get there? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. So we'll take them in order. So Boston okay. is my original favorite team. Um, and it started way back in Little League. I'm pretty sure that... The Red Sox, they were the first team that I was on. Um, So we would have the Red Sox hat. We'd have the Red Sox jersey. And so I was on the Sox for a couple of seasons. And this was right around the time that Wade Boggs and Roger Clemens were just dominant, right? They were studs. um, So they were really easy to like. And that translated into collecting a lot of cards. Um, cause I didn't have a way to watch them. You know, back then it was just like local TV and the Red Sox weren't on, uh, Seattle broadcast stations. Um, so it really started there. And then through the years, um, following stars when they got Pedro and Nomar, um, who at one point threw me a ball in the stands when he was here in Seattle, which was awesome. Um, but today I watch them as much as I can. I have MLB TV through T-Mobile Um, So, you know, I generally have like one screen with baseball going, tune into the Red Sox, uh, follow them as much as I can. Um, But then kind of my second favorite team is, is Seattle Mariners. Um, And as far as I recall, I really got into the Mariners around the time that Ken Griffey Jr. Came on the scene. I think like a lot of Seattle kids, I was eight or nine years old, his rookie season, um, and to see somebody that was young, right, that had that huge smile and just played the game differently was super exciting in the greater Seattle area. So when we were at school, you know, it was, you know, trying to be like Griffey on, on the playground. Like, you want to hit home runs. You want to do everything. Be fast. You know, be awesome in the field. And, you know, I remember going to my first ever baseball game uh, with a buddy of mine that year might've been eight and a half or nine. His dad took us to the kingdom to to see the Mariners. And we sat way up in the right field bleachers. Like it might've been 300 level, like nosebleeds, right? But it was amazing. You know, as a kid, you're in a stadium and it is so big, right? Like you take it for granted now. We're all grown up. We've been to a lot of baseball games. Like you go in and yeah, it's impressive. But when you're a kid, It is so overwhelmingly large and loud and full of people. It's like, you know, it's like nothing else. And I remember just the sound of the stadium being so incredible and kind of the electric energy of everybody that was there. Right. And everybody was excited to see kind of this new rookie. And at some point, my buddy's dad left us at the seats and he went up to kind of the, you know, the concourse to go get snacks or something But he came back with um, like those little clamshell clear boxes of cards. He had purchased each of us like a Mariners team set of of Fleer, I think. And right on top, you know, Griffey Griffey rookie card was like the first one on top of the stack. And I remember, you know, my buddy and I are just like holding on to those clamshells and and I was hooked. Um, After that, there have just been so many um, magical memories kind of tied to the Mariners for me. That, that first game, um, my first concert ever was at the Kingdome. I saw uh, Genuine and uh, Shy after a game. and You're dating remember, yourself,
0: brother. You're dating yourself, but good.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, but it was awesome, right? And I, right. I, I went down on the field with my dad because I was at the game with him. And Genuine came out and started performing his hit, Pony, right? And he's yeah. like gyrating on the stage. And my dad looks at me and he's like, all right, Nicholas, we're leaving. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> but so He's got here, Dad. yeah. <laughs> so it was a, a short lived concert, but it was still my first concert and man, there's just so much around here, right? Like watching at home and listening to the radio, the voice of Dave Niehaus, um, his ability to call a game and build tension and just storytell second to none. And then that, you know, that 95 season, um, when it was all about Soto Mojo. And I think, you know, like I have like, like, like these guys. Here's like the Edgar yeah. collectible statue from when he hit that double, right? Double down and line 95. It. Yeah, yeah. Guard delivers the double, the greatest hit in Mariners history. And I remember watching that on TV. And so I was 14 at the time, just jumping up and down in the living room when Griffey's just huffing it around the bases, right? And The camera's panning between that ball going down in the corner, and then Junior, like cheeks full of air. Just man, it was awesome. Yeah. Um. Not very many playoff memories like that for the M's, and so fortunately the this year, uh, yeah, this year. And you know, I've had a lot of fun with Boston teams. Uh, you know, they've had a lot of playoff drama, which is always super exhilarating. Um. Right. But that's that's kind of been like my baseball experience, developing love for for those two teams.
0: There you go. So this is gonna the next question is gonna be hard, right? Because of the love for two very good teams. So current favorite player and 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 favorite player overall, regardless of when they played. Go.
1: Um, I'll start. Can I go the opposite?
0: Sure, 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 sure.
1: So um, favorite players overall. Um, I'm going to give you a few and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Yeah, please do. Um, When I was a kid, I loved Jose Canseco. Um, I loved his swagger. You know, he looked like a superhero, right? He had those huge arms and he just killed the ball. And I had that Bash Brothers poster in my room, like him and Mark McGuire sitting on the hood of the car, like, like the Blues Brothers. And right. Jose was just so cool. I tried to grow out a ducktail just like him. Uh, it did <laughs> It did not look as good, uh, but I tried. Um, so I, I, I loved Jose. Um, again, back in the 80s and 90s, this was largely related to the baseball teams I played on. I freaking love Kirby Puckett. Um, yeah. He was so fun to watch. He didn't look like the prototypical ball player, but he was an incredible stud. He could hit crappy pitching. He could hit great pitching. Um, He was also pretty quick around the bases and in the outfield. So I loved Kirby. Um, Ozzie Smith, another one of my favorites. Um, I got his model glove when I was playing Little League. I wanted to have good hands like Ozzie Smith, right? You know, our coaches were always teaching us to be baseball ready, get the butt down when fielding. Um, the fundamentals. Right. And so I loved watching Ozzie do that. And then he was also incredibly flashy when he would make those plays. And so, you know, try to be, try to be like Ozzy in the field. Um, as we got a little more modern, um, obviously love Griffey, um, hard not to love him. Everything that he meant to the Seattle area, David Ortiz, another one of those kind of larger than life personalities came through in the clutch so many times for the Red Sox. Um, yeah. I mean, just what a, what a hero for that city for, for the game of baseball and what a great character for the game of baseball. Um, and then all time, uh, I was really fascinated with Hank Aaron. Um, not only what he did in terms of breaking one of the kind of, you know, untouchable records of baseball, the home run record. Um, but how he did it, such consistency, um, you know, never the flashiest numbers, but man, he showed up like a true baseball professional year in year out delivered. And as a kid, I thought, you know, that's really something to aspire to, right? Like be dependable. Um, Bill Belichick always says this, that it's uh, you know, the player that's available is more valuable than the great player who's always hurt or something like that. Right. And, and Aaron was like that. He played for so long um that he amassed like these these huge these huge numbers um so those are kind of like my Love my it. my historic faves okay, so um, go ahead
0: i'm sorry no current i'm player. sorry to cut you off current, current player go ahead tell me current player
1: um current player i'm going to have to go with somebody that is um on on their way out i think or maybe towards the tail end of their career um Miguel Cabrera, um, Good I have I have always loved how how he plays and how he approaches the game. Um, and there's something there's something really special about like a truly dominant right-handed hitter. The same could be said about Albert Pujols too, right? Um, um, But Cabrera really kind of imprinted in. It was that World Series that at bat against Roger Clemens, right? Man, man. Yeah the balls on the kid, right? Just to dig in on the biggest stage on earth and so cool. Um, So I always loved him. And obviously he's transformed over the course of his career. He used to be able to hit and run. Then he became just like a hitter. And, you know, now I hope that he is able to kind of say goodbye to the game on his own terms in a way that uh, kind of respects his, his career.
0: Love it. Here's a piece of trivia for you. If I'm curious if you know it or not. Do you know who was on deck when Hank Aaron hit number 715?
1: On deck.
0: And the only reason why I know this is because he's a former Dodger. He came up as a Brave. He's a former Dodger. And I'm going to give it away for you. He currently manages the Houston Astros. oh who's that dusty baker dusty Dust, dusty no, baker that's... was on deck yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah Man, i uh,
1: wouldn't have guessed that
0: and i um the uh uh and i love i absolutely love teo albert i wish that i could get him to play another three full seasons and chase down uh barry i swear I didn't take steroids bonds his record um but yeah. he's already said he's gonna retire okay we're gonna switch from players and teams. Now we're gonna go to ballparks. Where has Nick? I'll fit? ask you. Hey,
1: here's a question
0: for you. I'm go talking ahead.
1: about Albert real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. who's more painful to watch run at the end of their career? Albert or Mickey Mantle? Uh
0: Vladimir Guerrero senior. Oh yeah. He was he remember, I'm in the LA Orange County area. And I watched him play all those years on that AstroTurf. And he used to wear spikes when he played in Montreal on that AstroTurf. Watching him run was painful. So painful that you didn't want to have anything in your mouth when you were watching him run. Because you'd be like, don't hurt yourself. Oh, man. It, was, it was tough. But, I mean, Vlad Guerrero could hit a ball that bounced 10 feet before the plate and hit a double off of it. I mean, so Mickey Mantle was tough to, to watch, but Vladimir Guerrero. If you ask me that question, it's Vlad. Vladimir Guerrero. And yeah. it all comes down to playing on that AstroTurf. I'm grateful that we don't play on AstroTurf anymore because um, that shortened a lot of careers. But, um, yeah. but if you, you know, ever he- watched him play at the end of his career live, oof,
1: I'll probably have. To, I I'm sure I could look up highlights. That's where I had this idea about Mickey Mantle. I was watching like his his last home run trot. Man, yeah. it. I mean, it's sort of sad, right? Um, just seeing somebody that's sort of like a a you know a shadow of their former selves, trying to still get it done out there. But Vlad, what a man, what a talent he was, and that arm in the outfield. Yeah, yeah, pretty incredible.
0: He was incredible, but to to your point about Mickey Mantle, that was also a time when these guys would stay out till two or three in the morning. They didn't take care of their bodies. They'd be out drinking and partying and everything like that, and then go back and play the game the next day. And Mickey's partying caught up with him. I mean, I there's no doubt about it. And you take care of your body, and you hurt, get hurt, you recuperate a lot quicker than if you don't take care of your body. And Mickey Mantle just he never took care of his body the way that he needed. Uh, which was sad, but it's true. Um, good call, good call. I've got another one for you. I'll wait until the end to to ask you about. But let's talk ballparks. Where's Nick Ben? Kingdom, uh, obviously.
1: Yeah, Kingdom. Uh, okay. uh, which, for as ugly as it was, you know, it holds a special place in my heart. Um, in some ways, I like it better than Safeco or T-Mobile Park that okay. that we have now. Um, you know like uh, t-mobile t-mobile field or whatever they're calling it um it can't support a proper wave uh back really? in the mid- yeah because the way that the stands are set up you have these big chunks where there's no people and oh. so the wave needs to jump over these gaps right and at the kingdom you truly had this dome circular motion, yeah right? yeah so the wave could make it and i remember like in the mid 90s um, there was this rivalry going with, uh, the Yankees, like who, who could have a longer wave going. And, and so kingdom was great for the wave T-Mobile park or safe code. Not so good. Um, so I've been to those two, um, candlestick, um, uh, okay. angel stadium back, back when they were the, before they were Anaheim
0: angels, California angels,
1: California angels, like Mark Langston days. Right. Um, And then Fenway, Um, Fenway. I, I went to Fenway in 2008 Um, when I was proposing to my wife, I, I made this fake trip that I won at work that would take us to New England. So I made these fake Ticketmaster tickets for a um, major league baseball fan fest day at Fenway, where you would get to go down on the field and, and meet players. I needed some reason that we were gonna go to uh, the Northeast. Um, she always wanted to see the fall colors and so I planned this big trip to propose to her in a hot air balloon over the fall foliage in Vermont, but I had to get us there. so I made up made up this event and printed out fake tickets. And so you know we did a red eye. um there was like a, a baby crying the whole flight. so we we landed and got our <laughs> rental car from Hertz and then um you know drove through new hampshire and into vermont and um and so that was awesome like a lot of good stories there but on the return trip um we went to see the red sox play tampa bay in the alcs alds that year when tampa bay beat beat them and that was a bummer but it was awesome being around that stadium um all those streets around it are so lively, right? And yeah. there's such a strong baseball cl- culture there. It's very different than what I've experienced in Seattle. And so that was awesome. It was like the Disneyland of ballparks, or yeah. I don't I don't know how to better describe it. Um, but it was funny. Everything's so small, a lot of obstructed views. Um cool. Cool we couldn't get anybody to bring beer to us down at the seats. Like, I don't know if that's a thing that they don't do in that stadium. Like in Seattle, the beer guys will come down to you, but there, like the people around us were like, no, you have to go get it. And maybe they were punking us because we were from out of town. Um, but I thought it was an awesome park. So we got nice photos there and it was great seeing, uh, you know, the green monster live, And, uh, so that, that was really special, but I'd like to see, um, Coors Field someday like I think that um that would be a great place to visit um Camden Yards always wanted to see after that home run derby when Griffey was peppering the building um yep. yeah there's there's so many I think there are so many destination stadiums now that it's hard like you see accounts all over social with people just doing stadium tours right and stadium tours. Exactly. yeah it's crazy
0: Exactly. Well, um, add to that list Wrigley, add to that list Dodger Stadium, add to that list PNC Park, um, all three of those parks. And add to that list really to um, Citizens Bank Park because okay? that's, you know, where Philly plays. It's it's great ballpark. So. Um, OK, so we're coming to the end now. You've nailed it. I love this, but we've got most teams have hit 100 to 103 games by now. Okay. So you've got give or take 60, 58 to 60 games left. What are you looking forward to for both the Mariners and Red Sox to do going forward um, in the next in the last part of the season?
1: Um for the Red Sox, I hope that they don't do anything crazy in the next 18 hours before the trade deadline. Um and then I hope they find a way to get that third spot in the wild card um it's been a weird season for them right and uh players that that i think we all expected to come through aren't and then the pitching rotation really isn't working um i don't know that they're necessarily a playoff caliber team this year to get it deep into the playoffs yeah um for the mariners i've been making it to a lot more games this season and Cause every year I go when the Red Sox are in town and um, this year I've been going when the Red Sox were here, but then also just more games as our kids want to go and, you know, friends, friends schedule nights at the ballpark. Um, It feels different than, um, you know, the last three or four years. Um, I mean, it's sort of cheesy, but like you can feel like a sense of hope when you go to games um there are more people now. Um, and I think post post-COVID, the area around the stadium is starting to liven up again. Um, and that all feels really good, right? Because Seattle really did feel like a baseball town from the mid-90s until like those first two years, two or three years after uh Safeco opened, like when they won 116 games. Um, Seattle felt like a relevant baseball baseball city. And then for a long time it's it's been rough, right? Hard to support the team. You don't see you don't see ownership really doing a lot to um put a competitive product on the field. It sort of felt kind of like Tampa Bay ish, right? Um except Tampa Bay, to their credit, somehow like puts together 90 win seasons with nobody. Uh, But the Mariners they weren't doing that. And then you know being stuck in a division where the Astros were just so so hard to beat. And then for a while the the A's were super challenging too. Money ball. The, Mar- you know, the Mariners were just buried, buried in their own division. Um but this year feels good and we're planning on going to a bunch more games uh before school starts, so I I hope that um the team does well. You know, I know uh, Julio Rodriguez is kind of nursing a wrist injury right now. Hopefully that's not a nagging thing that, that slows him down because he's having a great season. Um, I'd love for my kids to be able to experience some of that, you know, late season playoff when the games still matter. Right. And you have baseball, man, I could talk to you about this forever, but I think baseball is unique in its ability to deliver these moments of um, like intense anxiety. Right. Um football and basketball it's fine right you get to the end of the game and i i I mean i love football you know brady's comebacks have always been amazing but baseball is kind of singular in its ability to bring it down to a very moment and like the individual pitch right because you get towards the end of the game and you know something has to happen something's got to give and it's like pitcher versus batter right and everything's so quiet and, you know, you almost feel like that tension on your skin and you're pent up. And then, you know, it's either the big strikeout or it's the home run or, you know, a shot to the gap. And then people are just on their horse trying to get it done. It's so good. And I want my kids to feel that because I remember just being blindly overjoyed in those moments. And, you know, I think sports is like a unique way to experience that.
0: You know, it's it, I, I think you're right. And I, I love your analogy there because it's it's as I was explaining to people during the 2020 year, which, you know, everybody said, oh, the Dodgers didn't win the World Series. I'm a Dodger fan. Hey, if Seattle would have won a 60 game World Series, you know, 60 game season in the World Series, you would have been happy to call it your World Championship. So, like, it's funny how how people say that. But um here's what I think is, is unique or interesting about baseball is everybody needs an outlet and baseball provides that everybody needs after a rough day, everybody needs, um, something where they can say, okay, let's make this happen. Um, I, I just, you know, you can take your kids down, right? I'm actually looking forward to the home run derby next year because that's a bucket list thing. I've never gone to a home run derby. I'm a huge Dodger fan, but there's only two ways off that mountain and two ways on. And I know people that went to it and spent 90 minutes of their car trying to leave the, the place. I got family up by you in Kirkland, uh, Washington. And so I'm going to go up and see family next year and go to T-Mobile Park and go to the home run. So I agree with what you're saying with baseball. It brings, you know, you, you mentioned your kids. You can sit down with your kids and take them to a game. And hopefully not buying beer just yet. Hopefully you're you're still <laughs> a little young for that. But hopefully you're, yeah. here, have some of Daddy's beer. Don't tell Mommy. Um, but no, hopefully it's it, you know you're buying them soda and a, and Cracker Jacks or whatever. But it's good father daughter time or good yeah. father son time, and yeah. that's what baseball provides, which is great. So, Nicky, yeah, fan- uh,
1: if you're bro. up here for the All Star game, we should try to connect. I, I I hope to be able to go too. I, I went to the 2001 All Star game with a buddy of mine. Um, my mom uh, had a friend who was a season ticket holder and they, they didn't want to deal with all-star weekend. So they sort of split up um, all-star week events. So we went to the game, but we didn't get to go to home run Derby and I would like to see one live. So yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, going to try to make sense. it happen for next year or two.
0: I will definitely reach out to you and let you know when I'm coming up and, and it's kind of a boys trip and some top fans are going to come too. I've talked to, couple other people that are, are thinking about doing a voice trip so you might end up getting eight or ten of us
1: <laughs> which would be great oh uh, very cool yeah that'd well, be great that'd be so,
0: awesome nick you've been a fantastic guest top fans um again I this will drop tomorrow we're recording it on monday night it drops on tuesday um i will tag nick he's got a great um collectible site on instagram take a look at it follow him If you're not following him already, follow him after you see him uh, tomorrow on Instagram. And Nick, we're going to have you back in the clubhouse sometime very soon, I hope. Yeah?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. I love this. So happy to chat again.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you being on. We'll talk soon.
1: Sounds good. Have a good night.
0: Yeah.